Welcome to the Deacon Deacon Podcast. We hope you enjoy your stay. What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Deacon Deacon Podcast brought to you by Anchor, podcasting made easy. I am your host, Jeremy Striano, and man, oh man, oh man, does it feel good to be back. It uh, Look, I know I keep apologizing for taking a break and coming back and taking a break again. Honestly, I had a lot going on. Early this month of April, it's been a few weeks. It's been, it's been, (laughs) it's been a while. But um, yeah, it it feels it does feel great to be back. I have a lot of updating to do with all of you. First of all, I want to shout everybody out that has missed the Deacon, that has missed the show. Uh, Shout out to my boys down in DC, my my uh, my Catholic University gang, the Village, the boys. Ram Ranch, whatever you want to call them, the boys are back, the boys are buzzing, I miss you guys all, can't wait to see you guys again, and shout out to my friends back here, back in the Garden State, thank you for uh, helping me through this journey, um, this journey has been, you know, a little stressful, a little, a little, a little anxious, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been anxious more than ever, and I'm just, uh, I'm excited to to go on with my life and to embark onto the next chapter of this journey that God has given me, but um, my friends back here have kind of helped me, you know, realize that, hey, like, you deserve this, you know, don't, don't look at it as like, oh my God, like, don't stress, like, because everyone's going to be in the same shoes as you are, but there's a reason why you're going to where you're going, and you have to realize that, and they've helped me realize that, and I want to say thank you, so what are you talking about, Jeremy, what is this, what is this next chapter, well, as you all may or may not know, last May, I graduated from the Catholic University of America Got my bachelor's degree, graduated from a place that I spent four years at three, three and a half. Screw you, COVID. Um, 
a place that I will remember and love for the rest of my life. I've met some of the best people that I've ever met there. And I graduated last May. And you get that question, right? Senior year. And you get that question, that dreaded question. What are you going to do for the rest of your life? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Lady, first off, I'm 22. Or, or, or sir, I'm 22 years old. You know, I'm, I'm getting my degree in communications and minoring in theology like i still don't know what i mean i have an idea what i want to do of course and i'm doing that with what i'm about to announce next but like you know it's it's i hate that question i hate it because like you don't need to fulfill your life goal within the year you graduate right like you don't have to do that people take time and and you don't have to go to college. Like, I've said this. College isn't for everybody. It was for me because I wanted this experience ever since I was a teenager. Ever since I was in 7th, 8th grade where I was like, wow, like, I want to go to high school and then I want to go away to college. Like, I want to live at college. I want to go to classes and, you know, meet friends and go to parties and hang out at a place that isn't my home. You know what I mean? And I I've wanted that. For a while and catholic was able to bless me with that and i love it and i will always always have a heart i have a place in my heart rather for the catholic university of america but the whole thing about what are you going to do for the rest of your life and, and and it bothered me it really did because i didn't have a job out of college like i wasn't getting a job right out of college and and I could have done that. I could have pushed more to do that. But part of me said, Jared, like, why don't you go back to school? The other part said, Jared, you just went through four years of school. Do you really want to do it again? Now, grad school is a little different. Grad school, you're not going to uh, 9 a.m. philosophy lectures and physics class. And if you're not a philosophy or physics major, right? Like, grad school what you want to do you're going to classes on what you want to do right and so my passion is sports broadcasting sports communication sports media and so i was looking for a place to that i could excel or that would help me excel in this field for the latter part of my life and eventually getting a job in this industry and that's the goal that is the goal so I agreed to go to grad school and I started looking while I was in school and I graduated in May and I was home for a little bit and I eventually, you know, got a job and as soon as I started the job, that was when the college start, the college search officially started and I narrowed it down to about five or six schools that had a great program and a great reputation and I eventually landed on one and um, the one was one that I did not see myself attending. It was one where I didn't know. I was like, wow, like to this day, to this day. And I've already sent in the deposit. I'm a student there. I'll be starting in July. I still can't believe it. Um, for those of you who do not know, I will be attending Syracuse University in the Newhouse School of Public Communications and majoring in broadcast and digital journalism with a concentration in sports or the sports track as they call it. Yeah, <laughs> this is the Mecca, right? This is 
Oh, man. This is like... Man. <laughs> Part of me still can't believe it. I, like, when I say it, I'm like, wow, I'm going there. In about... Two months. Which is bonkers to think of. We're finalizing everything now. We're finalizing the housing and all that. The classes I have to enroll for. It's going to be a journey, right? It's going to be so much fun. It, the program is a little over a year. I won't get into two two specifics, but I just wanted to let you guys know on what's been going on in my life. And and yeah, so that's going to be the next part. We're taking the Deacon Deacon upstate up to up to good old Syracuse, New York, where I'll be donning the blue and orange. Well. I still can't believe it, uh, but I want to thank everybody who's been a part of this journey. Um, my family, my parents, um, my cousins, my friends, my instructors at Catholic, at Queen of Peace High School, at Queen of Peace Grammar, Modern Day, St. Stephen's School. Thank you for molding me into the young man that I am today, and I cannot wait to get started and become an Orangeman. It's going to be pretty wild. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what's been going on. But today we have a podcast for you. We got some some sports to talk about because this is an exciting time. So what's what's gone on since we've last spoken? Well, baseball started up again. And quite frankly, the New York Mets might be the hottest team in baseball. But we will get to baseball in our third segment of the day. We're going to kick off with the NFL draft. Now, I really don't start with football on this show. But the NFL draft, and I'll get into it in just a few, is an event that I have loved since I was a child. And I think that has to do with the fact that I just appreciate college football more than professional. Now people will be like, Jeremy, how can you say that? I know, it's true. It really is true. And I think part of that has to do with my upbringing. You know, I was very close with Notre Dame football. And while watching Notre Dame football, I was introduced to other programs. Like, you got to remember, I was a kid growing up in the mid-2000s to the 2010s. And so programs like Texas, like Oregon, like Alabama, of the rise of Alabama, LSU, um... I was kind of, I just missed out on the Miami days and the Nebraska days, but like Ohio State, Michigan, um, Florida, Tim Tebow, that was prime, like that was prime childhood. Seeing players get drafted to NFL teams is a great accomplishment, and I remember seeing something, I think it was Craig Carton, who said, you know, a grown man can cry, can cry in public a few times in his life. Number one is when a child's born. Two is when you're married. Three is when you get drafted into the NFL. Like, it, it really is a big deal. And there's a lot of emphasis, and this is just the, from the production standpoint, there is a lot of emphasis on uh, the player's journey as, you know, he's included with his family there, his parents or parent or guardian or is just his family and coaches, like people that have been on his journey for 18, 19, 20 years, whatever. And it, it really is cool to see that. And 
we've seen in the past that players have shown a lot of emotion when getting drafted. I mean, the, one of the most famous examples of recent history would probably be DK Metcalf when he slipped out of the first round and then on Friday afternoon or whatever it was gets the call from Seattle and he just breaks down immediately immediately and it's like why did you pick why didn't you wait so long man um but yeah I, I do like what the NFL draft does I do love that the families are there and to share with this moment because it's the best and those are the people that have been with you for um your entire life. And so that'll be the first segment of this show. Second, we got the NHL playoff picture. The NHL has one week left. So teams have about two, three more games left to play. Tonight is a big one. Carolina, New York Rangers. I will be there. I am excited. Um, do I think we're going to win the Metro? Find out in a little bit. I'll give you my answer. But yeah, the NHL playoff picture. And finally, we will end with the MLB, the start of the MLB season. We're about a little over two weeks underway, and it's nothing but excitement for some teams. Some teams I haven't even, you know, I couldn't even imagine having the win-loss win record that they do right now. I know it's early, but it's a shock, um, hinting at the Colorado Rockies, for example, there. So we'll get into baseball for the final segment of this show so without further ado i've i was starting it before but let's start again it's great to be back and you know a lot of people are asking jeremy why did you play the bitches back by elton john no i'm not calling myself a bitch i just really like that song i was gonna edit it to say oh the deco the deco the deacon's back that would have been pretty funny that would have been hysterical actually but I'm just glad to be back. I know I'm rambling a lot right now, and I do that when I'm excited about something. I've done that since I was a kid, but it is great to be back. I've missed you all. I'm glad for the support. I'm glad the support is still there. So without further ado, let's kick off this episode with our very first segment. We're going to the gridiron, and we're going to the NFL. There are a few seasons or a few like weeks times in sports where I'm like, wow, this is like prime sports season. This is just amazing. Number one has to probably be March Madness. Um, it's just a great time because there's a lot of just, you know, basketball, hockey, March Madness is on. And quite frankly, and the Frozen Four happens around the same time too. So that was a very, very fun time. However, the NFL draft, to me, is just a spectacle. It's an event that I have loved ever since I was a child, as I was mentioning before. A lot of people don't like the NFL draft because it's a long, dragged-out event. you got to wait 10 minutes for your team to make a pick, and you know. But I don't care, you know. I really don't care about that because as a... As a sports fan, not even a football fan, as a sports fan in general, I just love any kind of draft. I really do. I love the NFL draft. I actually like the NBA draft. Not as much as the NFL. The NHL draft, oh, 
beautiful. And even the MLB draft, too, I'll watch. That one's a little longer. But I'll watch the MLB draft, you know, get some, get to know some prospects out of high schools and colleges in, in the United States and even internationally. So it's a... Um, it's a great time there. However, we are now talking about the NFL Draft. The NFL Draft will be held this Thursday, 8 p.m., live from Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, this was supposed to be the draft. I believe it was just supposed to be the 2020 draft. And they were supposed to have the players come out on boats by the Bellagio fountains and all that. I think they're doing that. I think there's going to be a stage on the water. I, I think there's something... To that extent, I haven't seen the layout yet, but it looks ridiculous. And I think the Bellagio fountains are going to shoot water. And then they're going to have uh, the team, the team's color. So they're going to put like a light where the water is going to look. So say if the Jets have a pick, the water is going to shoot green. Or if the Giants have a pick, they're going to shoot blue. Or, if, you know, so on and so forth. The Bengals, it'll be orange. Like, it'll be pretty cool to see. Um, so... I have an idea, and this is going. This is going to be a a lot of rambling, but I thought, and I'm going to do it. I haven't even. I have not written any notes for this podcast. I am going to do a mock draft. I'm going to do a mock draft. I'm going to do it along with a simulator, and I'm going to pick for every team, and I'm going to go along. And I'm going to go, oh man, do I really want to go the whole first round? Or do I want to do like a top 16? I want to, let me just see who the top 16 teams are. Oh man, because they're so, oh. you know what? Screw it, we're going to do the whole first round. Um, we're going to do a whole first round mock draft. The Deacon Deacons mock draft 1.0. Like, there's a lot of numbers. Like, I know, I think Kuiper and McShay are on 4.0 right now. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to do a first round mock draft. No trades. I, I can't predict trades. I might hint at trades later on in the, in the show. Um, like, or later on in this segment, rather. But, um... But yeah, we're gonna do only one round. So uh, shout out to PFF. Um, they have an NFL, um, an NFL draft simulator on here, and you can honestly you can just pick every team, and that's what I'm doing right now. So if you want, you can play along with me. I know. Shout out Zach Pilla. He's a big mock draft guy, and uh, we used to, we were doing this, we were doing this for a while, for a while last year living together, um, during senior year, like just. I remember just being in the living room doing like mock drafts for the Jets, and he was doing one for the Giants. And this it's exciting right now because you know the Giants and Jets have two picks inside the top ten. Uh, the Jets coming in at numbers four and ten, and the Giants coming in at number five and seven. So what PFF does is they like ESPN when you're following along on your draft tracker, on your cell phone, or on your computer or tablet. They give you the draft needs her team um yeah so we're gonna do the first round and it to me i'm not gonna pick the best available that pff gives i'm just gonna give the pick that makes the most sense now when we get to the when we get to the jets this, these are who i think they're gonna get just because how the how betweens how betweens pick four and ten are gonna lay out 
Excuse me. Oh my gosh, I am so sorry. So, without further ado, let's kick things off with the NFL draft. I have to get the music here. Um, oh, I would love the music is great. I'm gonna give a a bit of a a breakdown as to why they draft this player. I don't know much. I know I know a I know a bunch about a few of the players getting drafted. When we get to Kyle Hamilton, I can tell you all about him. Aiden Hutchinson, obviously, uh, Garrett Wilson, players like that. Um, if a running back goes in the first round, that would be pretty funny. That would be pretty uh, pretty whack, but who knows? We will see. So the first pick of the 2022 NFL Draft belongs to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, last year, the Jacksonville Jaguars drafted their potential franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Now, now it's tough, right? And for the for Jacksonville, it's tough. And it's just been a tough couple of years. But, I mean, when they had Blake Bortles, and everyone forgets that, that playoff for like they went to an AFC championship game. They could have been in the Super Bowl a few years ago. Now, not the case. You know, and, and to be honest, if you go to Jacksonville Jaguars, if you look at what they did, I'm gonna see if I can pull it up here. They had an impressive free agency period. I remember just being on my phone and waiting to see like if the Jets were signing somebody, and we did. We signed a couple players. Shout out Lankin Tomlinson, who's going to be a beast on the O-line. DJ Reed um, in the defensive back. But Jacksonville? Holy crap. Like, they were... I want to see if I have it here. Okay. So, free agency tracker. I think this is... Um, I'm on Jaguars.com. So, this is John Oster. He's a senior writer for Jacksonville. I'm going to list off all these players. Um... First off, starting off with Evan Ingram from the New York Giants. So they get their tight end. Um, again, Evan Ingram, knowing a lot of Giants fans, like Evan Ingram had a lot of mixed emotions like amongst the fans. Like People loved Evan Ingram. They loved the pick when they first got him. He was drafted in 2017, so it's only been a few years. Um, but... Over the course of those years, like he's, I think, led the team and dropped passes. Um, and it was just a bad vibe going around Evan Ingram. And he was a beast out of Ole Miss, too. I actually really liked watching him in college. Um, but, yeah, so I'm just going to name a few that the Jaguars signed because it was a very impressive period for Jacksonville. Uh, former Jet, Foley Fadukasi, uh, Zay Jones from the Raiders, Christian Kirk, uh, another big receiver coming from the Cardinals. But there was a few that I was like, wow. Um, or am I crazy? Or might it just been... I think it was Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram where I was like, okay, wow, now their offense, now Trevor Lawrence is getting some potential weapons to work with. However, they own the number one pick in the draft, and I do not think they will be going... Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, I think this is defense. And I think this draft in general is going to be defense for a while. Like, we might get, the first time ever, for the first time ever, three edge rushers in a row. Do I have them? Do I have them in a row? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe one of the top three teams does not pick an edge rusher. But I do think the Jacksonville Jaguars do, and I think with the first pick, in the 2022 NFL Draft, hold on, let me see if I have it here. Do I have it? 
There we go. There it is. Okay, with the first pick in the draft, I think Jacksonville will select from the University of Michigan, Aiden Hutchinson. I think this is a clear number one. He is a Heisman finalist. I think he was the best player in college football last year. Shout out to, obviously, shout out to Bryce Young winning it. I have my opinion on Bryce Young, but, you know, let him get another year for Alabama, and we'll see what happens in this coming season. But there is a clear number one. He's the best player in college football. He will be the best player, in my opinion, he's the best player in the draft, and I don't think you, you, you can't skip him. You can't. I know that Caesar Sportsbook has another player favored to be number one, and hint, I think he's going to go number two to the Lions because I really do think that Detroit, Detroit do want Hutchinson. They want the Michigan connection. Aiden Hutchinson being from Michigan as well. You can't you can't pick him. Uh, you can't not pick him. Excuse me. So I think number one is a clear number one, even though the media and you know sports outlets are kind of on the consensus of there is not a clear number one. I am on the I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm saying that there is, and it is Aiden Hutchinson. I think this guy will be perennial pro bowler, beast, you name it. If he drops to four and he wears green and white, oh, man. I mean, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen, but it'd be crazy if it did. Um, so, yeah, so number one, I'm going Aiden Hutchinson. Number two is the Detroit Lions. And with the second pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions will select Trayvon Walker out of Georgia. Now, Georgia is just an electric factory, the reigning, defending, undisputed national champions in college football. Trayvon Walker, number 44, is an absolute stud. And I think he goes number two because I think Detroit's going to be bummed about missing out on Aiden Hutchinson. But he is the guy that I hinted at. He was the guy that uh, Caesar Sportsbook has them as him going number one. I think it's minus 200 right now of Trayvon Walker going number one to Jacksonville, which is bonkers in my opinion. I'm using that word a lot. Bonkers. Bonkers. Okay, now, <laughs> this is actually pretty funny. Number three belongs to the Houston Texans. And so, for the last two picks, it had uh, Jacksonville needs. D-line, linebacker, safety. Uh, Detroit. QB, linebacker, defensive back. <laughs> For, for Houston, it has every position. <laughs> every single one. Um, so, yeah, I do think they do go with someone here. Um, I don't think it will be a pass rusher. So, no. With the third pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Houston Texans will select out of NC State offensive tackle Iki Iquanu. This guy is an electric factory. He is a just big-bodied reliable offensive line that Houston does need. To be honest, I don't even know. I don't even know who's starting at quarterback for Houston now. Like, if I go on the depth chart, right? Houston Texans. What are we talking here, guys? What are, what are we saying? Who who is? I have I have no idea. I Who is it right now? It's going to show me in like a second. Oh, it starts with O-line. I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, 4-13 last year. Davis Mills. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. 
Holy crap. Davis Mills. What a name, huh? That's a poll. Wow, so he's going to start for the Texans next year. Wow, it does not look good. I mean, I love Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith might go defense here. They might go... Uh, they might go defense, and he, he's got a history of that because he is a defensive coach. You've seen his teams with, for example, like Chicago, but I don't know. I think they're going to go blocker. They're going to go O-line. I might have messed up here. <laughs> I think I might have messed up here. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go Iki Aquanu. I think he's the best offensive lineman in the draft. Um, he's definitely there, ranking high. But now we get to number four. This is an interesting one. So we have on the board right now, we have the New York Jets. And I've been thinking about this, and I think I have my answer. There's a few positions that we need. I think we're going to address one right here. So, with the fourth pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Jets are going to get saucy. And we're going to go with Ahmad Gardner out of Cincinnati. Yes. There was one other player, and I think he gets drafted at this next position at number five to the Giants. But I think with the Dolphins getting Tariq Hill, with the Patriots going out and getting Devontae Parker. Am I crazy? That happened, right? Yeah. And with the Bills just being one of the best teams in the AFC and having Stephon Diggs, who's just incredible, I think the Jets, dare I say it, they they need their Revis back. They do. And I think it's going to come in the form of Ahmad Gardner. Cincinnati. No touchdowns given up last year. Looked incredible against Notre Dame. Incredible. And that was Notre Dame's only loss in the regular season. Shut them down. They need their lockdown corner. I think they get it at number four. I think the Jets get sauce. Who made the sauce? I am the sauce. You get the deal. Now, the New York football giants own picks number five and seven. And they have a few big decisions to make here. So... With the fifth pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Football Giants will get their edge rusher and get Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon. This guy, this is an interesting story. This guy was the projected number one for a while, for months. It was like Thibodeau and, um, and Hutchinson and Kyle Hamilton. That was like your top three. That for the longest time. Now Trayvon Walker's being in the picture. Now Iki Aquanu is moving up in this in the mocks. Like so it's been changing. But I do think Thibodeau is a top five pick in this draft and he does go with the Giants here. I think it's I think it's the right move. I think it is I think it I think that's the, the excuse me, I can't even talk right now. That's the choice. The Giants need their edge rusher. Um they're young on the defensive line. Um, they have Ojolari, who I believe has some potential there, but they need that big beast, that, you know, that's going to just break through NFC East lines. You need a threat uh, to get to Dak, to get to Carson Wentz, to get to Jalen Hurts, I guess, and that's going to be Thibodeau, so I think he goes number five to the Giants. Now at number six, this is interesting, at number six, where do I think... 
the Carolina Panthers go? Do they go quarterback? Do they go O-line? I think my pick is in. With the sixth pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select Evan Neal, offensive tackle out of Alabama. Jeremy, what are you doing? What are you doing? I, I hear it right now. I hear it right now. I know. There's a prediction I have. I think Carolina gets Baker Mayfield. <gasps> Jeremy, why would you say that? I know. I just did. I just did. So I don't. I think they have a plan. We're not going to see it day one of draft day. We might. We might not. I think Carolina ends up getting Baker. And I think they're going to need someone to protect Baker, and they're going to go Evan Neal. Because some people on their big boards have Evan Neal as the number one offensive lineman or other than Iki Aquanu. I think they're gonna they're gonna get it they're gonna get Baker. They're gonna get Baker and they're gonna go O line and they're gonna protect Baker and go Evan Neal. I think this is a home run pick for Carolina. Now we get to the New York football giants again. Where do I think they go this time? Do they go receiver? Do they go O line? Do they go linebacker? Linebacker is a little early for this draft. I think they go O line. So with the seventh pick. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Football Giants will select Charles Cross, offensive tackle out of Mississippi State. Charles Cross, big player here, huge in the SEC games for the Bulldogs. I think the Giants need O-line. They need someone opposite Andrew Thomas, and I think that's going to be Charles Cross. Left tackle, you put Thomas on the right, or I might have that mixed up. But if you have a tandem of Cross and Andrew Thomas... Giants are looking. Their, old line, their offensive line just got a whole lot better. It did. It did. I know Giants are going to be like, well, it's not enough. But, hey, it, it, there's improvement, and they will agree. They will agree. If they can land either Aquanu, Neal, or Charles Cross by the by pick seven, I'm sure Giants fans will be happy. You get an edge rusher in Thibodeau. You get a tackle in Charles Cross. That's my prediction, and I think Giants fans will be happy they might want a weapon. I think they wait until the second round to get that weapon. But, but, they're happy with this one. I think they will be. All right, now, the Atlanta Falcons. This, to me, is an interesting one. Because according to PFF, they need a quarterback, fair, a guard, a center, a D-lineman, and a corner. I think one makes sense. See, I, I think they're going to go weapon here. And I think, oh, man, I think they do. I think they do. All right, here we go. I'm not going to overthink it. With the eighth pick in the draft, of the 2022 NFL draft, rather, the Atlanta Falcons will select out of the Ohio State University, Garrett Wilson. I think they need another player. They need another weapon. I know their O-line might be in shambles right now, and Marcus Mariota might be their starting quarterback to begin this coming season, but they're going to need a weapon, and I think that Garrett Wilson is the best receiver in the draft. I know. I I, I, was, I was picking between one. I might have went corner here. I'm going to go Garrett Wilson to Atlanta. Now, Seattle. Okay, this is this is an interesting one. You're picking nine. You have a first-round pick. You got one back from Denver. So Denver doesn't have a first-round pick. Why? Because they got Russell Wilson. So now, 
Seattle is still drafting ahead of the Jets because we have Seattle's original pick at 10. Seattle now has Denver's at 9. What do they do here? What do they do here? I think, I think they will draft a quarterback. I, I, I do. I really do. I think they're going to draft a quarterback at 9, but it might not be the guy that everyone's thinking. It might not. Because I don't think he's going to go to this team. I think they're going to pick another guy. So, with the ninth pick. Hold on. Hold on. With the ninth pick in the 2022 Deacon Deacon NFL Draft. I'm going to call it that for now on. The Seattle Seahawks will select quarterback Malik Willis out of Liberty University. Okay. I don't know much about Malik Willis, but I've seen his tapes. And he is a dual threat like any other. The guy is a beast. He can run. He can throw the ball. And yeah, sure. Uh, there was a lot of speculation about you know Zach Wilson last year playing in a, in a weaker conference uh, with BYU, and now you know Malik Willis playing with Liberty. Was there was there much competition? But this guy can throw the ball. He had a pretty impressive pro day. Teams like him. I think Seattle gets their quarterback of the future. I really do. And I think it's going to be Malik Willis. Now we are back with the Jets. There's there is a interesting interesting pick to make here, and I think the Jets are gonna go with a wide receiver. Which one? I don't know. I'm having a hard time. I'm picking between two. I really like one, but he's projected to go later on in the draft. Okay, I'm gonna do it. With the 10th pick in the 2022 Deacon Deacon NFL Draft, my New York Jets will select Drake London out of USC. All right. I think the Jets go receiver here. I think it's a fair, fair, fair judgment to say that the Jets are going to draft a weapon with their second first round pick. Who? I don't know. There's a risk between Jamison Williams with the... With the ACL injury, he won't be ready for the start of the season. Do Does Garrett Wilson fall to them? I think Garrett Wilson could be a pick for the Giants at 7. I really do. Does Atlanta draft a weapon, or do they go more, you know, do they go more corner? Do they go Derek Stingley? Do they go with Kyle Hamilton? I don't know, man. I really don't know. But I think the Jets are going to draft Drake London. I'd be, why? Because, all right, so if you look at Zach Wilson's best weapons from last season, his two best weapons were Braxton Berrios and Elijah Moore. Braxton Berrios comes in at 5 foot 8 inches tall. Elijah Moore, my height, 5 foot 9 inches tall. You need someone, Corey Davis is like over 6 feet, but you get the big target in Drake London, 6 foot 5 Playing Pac-12 football last year, I like this pick a lot for the Jets. And I think they go Drake London, USC. And USC receivers have good history. So, I think they're going to go there. Number 11 belongs to the newly named Washington Commanders. I can't, I can't believe it. I can't. So, oh man, this is a tough pick too. But I think I have it right here. I think I have it. All right, it's in. With the 11th pick of the 2022 Deacon Deacon NFL Draft, the new, the first ever pick 
of the newly named, well, of the first Commander's draft pick will be from the University of Notre Dame, Kyle Hamilton. Look, this guy, I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to say. This this kid is one of the best athletes in the draft. He was a highly, highly ranked prospect going into his years at Notre Dame. I was excited for him. I really was. I think he was a great player from Notre Dame. Do I think he is leaving early? No. I think the opportunity is there for him. I think he's going to make some money. He's going to make a couple millions of dollars. And I think, you know, he, he falls out of the top 10, in my opinion, which is a shame. But I think the commanders are going to lock him up and they're going to get their defensive back for for a few years. Um, definitely a, a reliable, reliable player. I don't want to make predictions and sound like an idiot in like a year's time. But I really like Kyle Hamilton. If he stays healthy and recovers fully, He's going to be a great player in the NFC East. All right, number 12 belongs to the Minnesota Vikings. And here we go. With the 12th pick. Uh, yeah. With the 12th pick. Where is he? I don't even see him on here. There he is. Cue the jingle. With the 12th pick. In the 2022 Deacon Deacon NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Jermaine Johnson II out of Florida State. This guy could be a huge, huge sleeper pick, especially if he falls out of the top 10. I think this guy is easily, easily a top 5 player. 2021 ACC Player of the Year. A great, great edge rusher. It's hard because there's so many damn edge rushers in this draft, and a few of them haven't even been picked yet. But Jermaine Johnson at 12... To the Vikings, I'm sure the Vikings would be licking their chops if JJ2 fell to them at number 12. The pride, the pride of Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Shout out the middle stats. The boy goes home and plays and dons the purple and yellow. And he becomes a Minnesota Viking. Alright, now, the Texans are on the clock. And I have, uh, I have an idea. Oh, man. Now I'm at like a... Hmm. So they went... I went Iki Aquano. So they'll probably end up going... Okay. Cue the jingle. I have it. With pick number 13 in the 2022 Deacon Deacon NFL Draft, Texans select cornerback Derek Stingley Jr. out of LSU. Now, a lot of people have him going 12 to um, the Minnesota Vikings. I think I, I don't think he let him fall. I don't think he let him fall anymore. And I think the Texans having two picks, getting Derek Stingley and Ike Aquanu. You get someone on offense, someone on defense. I think this is a really good draft. For Houston. Now, the Ravens. Interesting pick here. I think they're also going to go corner. And they're going to go with, with their 14th pick, Trent McDuffie, cornerback out of Washington. Another Pac-12 player in the top 14 of this draft. Now we get to the Eagles. The Eagles. Now they have picks 15, 18, and then a few more, I think, in the second round as well. They made a trade with the Saints and the Dolphins 
and it was it was really weird what they were doing with picks. But I think there's a reason why they're doing that. I think they're gonna get their weapon, and they're gonna get it with this pick, with the 15th pick in the 2022 Deacon Deacon NFL Draft. The Philadelphia Eagles will select Jamison Williams. Now, Jamison Williams out of Alabama, the man recovered from an ACL injury. He becomes an absolute weapon if the Eagles draft him. I really do. I think he's gonna become a great, great player. Definitely one of the faster receivers in this draft, but it's a shame. You know, we don't like to see players um, struggle with, with injuries, and there's a risk. there is a huge risk of taking players who are currently hurt, and you're relying a lot on their recovery, and I think that the Eagles are going to do that with, um, with Jameson Williams. So I, I think, uh, I think they, they're going to land a good one here. They're going to land a real good one here. And so now on the clock, we have the New Orleans Saints. So this one, oh man, dare I do it? Dare I do it? I think I might. I think I might. Let me see if I can do it here. I think... There will be a trade. And I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to force their way to pick number 16. And with the 16th pick, hit the freaking jingle, Jared. With the 16th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. I think this is, this is just poetry right here. Alright, this is going to be a clear, clear, clear pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think he falls to, I don't think he makes it to 20. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to go out, get their mans. So right now I have a swap. I just did a swap of 20 and 16. They'll probably be offering more picks. But um, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers end up with Kenny Pickett. That's my bold prediction for uh, the 2022 NFL Draft. Okay, now we get to 17. We have the LA Chargers. Why not? Why not? Why not another weapon? Why not another weapon for Mr. Justin Herbert? Should I? Yeah, they should. With the 17th pick, the Chargers will select wide receiver Chris Olave out of the Ohio State University. This is a guy. I sound like Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> now, here's a guy. Um, no. Um, he's my favorite receiver in this draft. I love Chris Olave. I, he's a little smaller. Um, I think he I think he comes in at about 5'11", 6 foot. So, I don't think he's a fit for the Jets at 10. I'm, it's just the way that the draft works and all the combine scores are. I think they're going to go with someone in a bigger stature like Drake London. But Chris Olave at 17, huge pick. Huge pick for um, the Chargers here. Another weapon, another weapon to go along with Keenan Allen. So you opposite Keenan Allen, Chris Olave. Like that's not bad. Chargers, Chargers. Oh, AFC West. That's pretty tough, isn't it? Yeah, I mean you got the Raiders and the Chiefs. It, it could be the Chargers. I think the Chargers could contend for the division next year. Why not? See how they draft. We'll see how they draft. All right. So now we have the second of the Eagles picks coming in at 18. And I think with the 18th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, 
The Philadelphia Eagles are going to select Devin Lloyd, linebacker out of Utah. Just fills a need for them. Need, needs, need a linebacker? Why don't you take the best one on the board? Pac-12 player. Another Pac-12 player in this draft uh, going to going to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, man, what does... What does New Orleans do here? I think they go with their first pick, O-line. So, with... Hold on. With the 19th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. Now, this is a rumor. Or, no, this isn't the rumor. The next one is. The New Orleans Saints will select tackle Trevor Penning out of the University of Northern Iowa. It's hard. It's hard when you come from a smaller school to get drafted this early. Like, you have to have guys that do a lot of homework. And I'm talking about scouts and just guys in player development that are just watching your tapes and games day in and day out. I think this is a player with Trevor Penning. I think he loses value, and it's a, sh it's a shame. He loses a little bit of value because where he comes from, where his alma mater is. But I think he goes on to this team, and this team that's going to try to get back to where they once were in the New Orleans Saints and become a big part of their offense and protecting whatever quarterback they might land on. It might be James. It might be. It might be James. It might be James. Do I think it's James? I don't know. They have another pick. And I think they're gonna draft a quarterback. Oh man! Okay, here we go. Cue the music. Cue the music. With the twentieth pick in the twenty twenty two NFL draft, the New Orleans Saints. Select Desmond Ritter, quarterback, Cincinnati. This guy, this guy put on a show against against the Irish. Again, that's my thing. You know, I only watch Notre Dame football. No, I try to watch more than Notre Dame football. But I think they go Desmond Ritter. They get their needs here. They get a quarterback and an offensive lineman. So, so I want to protect Desmond Ritter, Trevor Penning. Decent little draft here. Decent little draft for the New Orleans Saints. Now, pick number 21 belongs to the New England Patriots. Now, what do they do here? According to PFF, their needs are wide receiver, edge rusher, linebacker, and cornerback. They get an edge rusher. Cue the music, Jer. With the 21st pick, the New England Patriots will select George Karlaftis, edge rusher out of Purdue. This guy has high value. He was ranked number 10, according to PFF's big board. I like him here. I like him here going to the New England Patriots. And he might sack Zach Wilson a couple times next year. Maybe. That's just my prediction. All right. Green Bay. Now, they have this pick via the Las Vegas Raiders. So, they have picks 22 and 28. Now, they need somebody. They need a weapon. I don't know who it's going to be, and I might have them picking someone. Uh, yeah, they're going to pick their weapon right now. They're not going to wait any longer with the 22nd pick of the 2022 NFL Draft. The Green Bay Packers select Traylon Burks, wide receiver out of Arkansas. They need a weapon. They need a guy. They got to replace a need. They're going to get one right there. Traylon Burks is the pick out of Arkansas. Book it. The signs. All right. Arizona. Arizona. So... They, their need is guard, defensive line, corner. I think their pick will be 
Devontae Wyatt, defensive lineman out of Georgia. Fills a need again. Fills a need. All right. The Dallas Cowboys. This is a tough one. Because now I'm getting deep into the draft and it's just like, oof. There's just a lot. I have my pick. And yeah. Ooh. Uh. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Oh, no. I got rid of it. There it is. With the 24th pick, the Dallas Cowboys select Jordan Davis out of Georgia, defensive lineman. I think this guy, I like Jordan Davis a lot. I just really like the players on Georgia. I think Georgia's kind of turning into that Alabama where it's just like every draft it used to be Alabama, Alabama, Alabama. You're going to see a lot of Georgia players get drafted. And so let's see. Right now, in my current mock draft, we have one, two, back-to-back, three. So right now we have three Georgia players. And how many from Alabama? One, two, three. So, yeah. So we have three from Alabama, three from Georgia. So six taking up the first uh, 32. It's pretty impressive. It really is. It really is impressive. Um, shout out to SEC football. I mean, it's always been dominant. But right now, I think Big Ten's on the rise. Okay, we now get to the 25th pick in Buffalo. Now, Buffalo. According to this, their need is receiver. And I think a third Georgia player in a row gets drafted. Hit the jingle. The 25th pick, George Pickens. Out of Georgia. Goes to the Buffalo Bills. Why not, Jared? Why not? All right. 26th pick belongs to the Tennessee Titans. I think Vrabel's going to go out and get a big body offensive lineman. Why not get the best center on the board? Go and get Tyler Lindbaum. This guy, I hope he falls to 35 in the, in the second round to the Jets. I'm a big fan of Tyler Lindbaum. We need a center. I miss Nick Mangold so much. If, if he falls to 35, I will freak out if we get a center with one of our picks. I really don't care. I know it's not a flashy pick, but hey, they need a center bad. All right, now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What, what is going to happen? They need a guard, and I think with the 27th pick, Tampa Buccaneers will select Zion Johnson, offensive guard out of Boston College. There is my pick right there. Now, Packers back. Second pick, 28th overall. Whoa. Excuse me. They will select with their pick out of Central Michigan, offensive tackle Bernard Raymond. So they address their needs there. Wide receiver, O-line. There's their pick right there. Now the Chiefs have two picks in a row at 29 and 30. I think with their first pick, the Kansas City Chiefs at 29 will select Sky Moore, wide receiver out of Western Michigan. And we don't have to play the jingle because I'll just go back to back here. They will select Andrew Booth Jr., cornerback out of Clemson. So there's my pick right there. And now we get to the Cincinnati Bengals. And they will select out of Georgia, Nakobe Dean. And finally, 
to wrap it up, the pick, the Matthew Stafford pick, the Lions have the 32nd overall pick, and they will select out of Georgia again, Lewis Seen. Safety out of Georgia. Wow. Holy crap. What a what a first round this is here. That was fun. So here's my here's my draft right here. So to recap, we have Aiden Hutchinson going one to Jacksonville. Trayvon Walker, number two, going to Detroit. Iki Aquano, number three, going to the Houston Texans. Sauce Gardner, number four, going to the Jets. Kayvon Thibodeau at number five to the New York Giants. Number six, Evan Neal going to the, to the Carolina Panthers. Number seven, Charles Cross going to the New York Giants. Garrett Wilson at eight to the Atlanta Falcons. First quarterback of the draft, Malik Willis, number nine to the Seattle Seahawks. Drake London, number 10 to the New York Jets. Kyle Hamilton at number 11 to the Washington Commanders. Jermaine Johnson, the second, number 12 to the Minnesota Vikings. Derek Stingley Jr. at number 13 to the Houston Texans. Trent McDuffie, number 14 to the Baltimore Ravens. Jamison Williams at 15 to the Philadelphia Eagles. A trade, Kenny Pickett at number 16 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chris Olave at 17 to the Los Angeles Chargers. Devin Lloyd to the Eagles at 18. Trevor Penning at number 19 to the New Orleans Saints. Desmond Ritter. Number 20 to the New Orleans Saints. George Karlaftis, number 21 to the New England Patriots. Traylon Burks, number 22 to the Green Bay Packers. Devontae Wyatt at 23 to the Arizona Cardinals. Jordan Davis at number 24 to the Dallas Cowboys. George Pickens, number 25 to the Buffalo Bills. Tyler Lindbaum, number 26 to the Tennessee Titans. Zion Johnson, number 27 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bernard Raymond, number 28, to the Green Bay Packers. Sky Moore, number 29, to the Kansas City Chiefs. Andrew Booth Jr., at number 30, to the Kansas City Chiefs. N'Kobe Dean, number 31, to the Cincinnati Bengals. And Lewis Seen, number 32, to the Detroit Lions. So there it is, the, the official 2022 Deacon Deacon mock draft, and it almost took me an hour. Holy crap. All right, we're going to end it here. And then we're going to talk about some playoff hockey in upcoming playoff hockey. So we'll stop here. NFL Draft this Thursday, ESPN, ABC, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Thursday, round one, 8 o'clock p.m. Be there or be square. All right, let's end this segment here. And we'll jump over onto the ice, over the boards, and jump into the world of the NHL. But hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. So we are about a week away from what could be one of the more exciting NHL Stanley Cup playoffs in recent history. When you look at teams, specifically the Eastern Conference, and every team that's going to be qualified for the playoffs will have more than 100 points. I mean, this is just an exciting time. If you look at... um, Hold on one second. Like... I love what the Florida Panthers are doing right now. Florida Panthers could and might win the President's Trophy. Something that I never thought of saying 10 years ago. They can clinch it. They can clinch it, I think, tonight. I think they can. The Panthers can clinch. 
Eliminate. Yeah, the Golden Knights can be out. Yeah, Florida Panthers can clinch if they defeat if they defeat Boston in any fashion, and the St. Louis Blues to defeat the Colorado Avalanche in any fashion, which is also a great game tonight. So we got Panthers Bruins on the docket tonight. It's a big big night for hockey. You got Panthers Bruins. Detroit Toronto is always an exciting matchup, no matter who it is. Like no matter where they are. Edmonton Pittsburgh. Carolina Rangers at the Garden tonight. I will be there. I am excited. I love going to Ranger games, but this one with with the division on the line, it's the divisions on the line. It's so so exciting. Um, yeah. Oh my goodness gracious. Ugh. Wow. The Rangers, man. The Rangers. They're playing some great hockey right now. Although they did lose their last one over the weekend to the Bruins. It was a close one, too. 3-1. Uh, I really like what the Rangers are doing right now. Playing some great hockey. I don't know. The Washington Capitals are only... Capitals have how many games played? 79. So they have a game in hand over... Uh... Do they play tonight? They do. They play the Islanders. So... Pittsburgh plays tonight. Washington plays tonight. Wow. This is exciting. This is exciting. Yeah, I believe if Carolina wins tonight, if Carolina wins tonight, we can't catch him. No. If Carolina wins tonight, they win the Metropolitan, which is fine, which is fine. Wow, 51-22-6 for the Rangers. Like, th that record is impressive. That's A 50-win season is awesome. The Panthers, man, 57-16-6. They've scored 332 goals. Oh, my God. I think that's the most. It has to be. Yeah, they have 30 more goals than the Avalanche. Holy crap. 332. Wait, 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 I'm looking at goals four. Yeah. They have 30 more goals than the Avalanche. 30. Holy Christmas. That's impressive. Oh, my goodness. They've scored 332 and given up 232. So their goal differential is plus 100. <laughs> to put it in perspective, the Carolina, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes goal differential is plus 72. The Rangers are plus 48. We don't score a lot, but we didn't. We don't give up a lot either. That's been that's been this the story. That has been the story of the Rangers season. Look, a lot of people have been saying, you know, do you want the division? Do you want? I look. I have never in my life have rooted. I'm not calling this a tank, but I hated when, you know, NHL fan bases. I mean, if you're a losing team, I guess it's, you know, more silly, but like to purposely lose during your season, like this is a job. This is the players the players lives. If you go out there and say, "Hey, boys, tonight we're going to not do our job tonight and our let our fans turn on us or, or because our fans don't want us to play an Atlantic division team like let's play instead of playing Boston like you want to play Pittsburgh I think that's silly of of course I want the Metropolitan division I want another banner who doesn't want another banner in their in their arena 
I hate the narrative of, of I don't want a banner unless it's a Stanley Cup one. Oh, bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, if this team wins the Metro, I'm going to be very happy. Now, they might not win it. If they lose tonight, they won't. It's It'll be done. It'll be clinched by the Hurricanes tonight. And they'll have 114 points. But if the Rangers do win this division, I'm not going to be like, oh, shit. Shit, we gotta play Boston, or we have to play. Is what's the is the race close? It could. Mm, it, it might be Boston or Tampa. You're gonna have to play good teams if you want to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. If you are the winner of the Eastern Conference, you're gonna have to take down one of Florida or Carolina or Toronto or the Rangers. Like you're gonna have to beat one of those four teams. Or you're one of those four, and you have to take down another one of those two. Right? Like, you're going to have to play them. Like, Florida-Washington is a decent series. Some might say otherwise, but I don't think the Panthers are going to sweep the Caps. They might not. They might not. The Panthers might... uh, The the Caps might take a game. I think the Panthers will win. But then they're going to have to play the winner of Toronto-Tampa Bay? Like, come on! There's no easy there's no easy way out. Unlike March Madness, like you can get put into a bracket where you're like, okay, I favor all of our matchups and if you're an Eastern Conference National Hockey League team, there is no such thing as an easy way out to the Stanley Cup Finals. There's gonna be dogfight. Like, like these It's gonna be best of seven, winner take all. May the best team win. Like that's what it's going to be. That's why it's the playoffs. You're not gonna get a four a four nothing sweep rounds one, two, and maybe three. Like you're not gonna, you know. No, man. No. You might play twenty one games before you get to the Stanley Cup final. I swear to God. It's going to be a long, hard, fought-for battle. Nothing's easy, and especially the Stanley Cup playoffs. This is another animal. I've said it before, and I've said it again. This is the greatest playoff sport and out of the Big Four. And you can disagree with me all you want, but there is nothing like it. There is not. There is nothing. I can't compare it. Like... I love the NFL playoffs because they're one game, right? I love the MLB, the MLB playoffs because I just love baseball in general. The N- the NBA playoffs, shout out to the Boston Celtics, by the way. I know there's no basketball segment on this show, but shout out to the Boston Celtics for absolutely dominating the Brooklyn Nets. I loved it. I loved every second of it. The NBA playoffs this year have been very exciting, and I've been watching a lot. Shout out to the T-Wolves and the Grizz. I love that series right now. But there is nothing like the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, okay. What do I think is going to happen? I think Carolina is going to win the division. I think they will. They have to win one more of their next two games. And then the Rangers have to... They have to win... Win... And force overtime on somebody. So the Rangers have to win two of their next three. And the... In order to win a division... But they have to force overtime on one. So it, it's a harder route. Like if, if Carolina just wins tonight. If, if Carolina forces overtime. 
and we win, it's still over. The division's theirs. Because there's no way we can get 113 points. Oh, wait. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. They have to win. They have to win tonight. They would have to win. Carolina would have to go to overtime and lose, and then lose the next one in regulation if the Rangers want to win. And then the Rangers just have to win out. That's it. So one more win for Carolina seals the deal. I think they do get it. They might get it done tonight, actually. Um, but who knows? Who knows? I said that about the last time we played them in in Raleigh, and Georgiev puts up like a 40-save shutout, and we win 2-0 on like 10 shots on goal. It might happen tonight. You know, Carolina is just an absolute powerhouse, but I think the Ranger fans will be there in full support. It is a tough team. It's a very tough team. Carolina is an absolute wagon. I know I'm, I've been watching a lot of spit and chicklets lately, so I've been saying wagon a lot. I think they're great. They're going to get the division done, but we'll wait and see what happens in the playoffs. Igor, to me, Igor is the absolute man. I love him. So, yeah, I have Florida and Carolina winning their divisions. Now, in the West, I think, look, like, the uh, division's already sealed in both of these conferences. Or both of these divisions, rather. Carolina, or excuse me, Colorado and Calgary. All the, the C teams are winning their divisions. Um, but this series right here between Minnesota and St. Louis, like, look at Minnesota. They're on a five-game winning streak. St. Louis on a three-game winning streak. St. Louis 9-0-1 in their last 10. I think they're 11-0-1 in their last, or 11-1-1 in their last 13. Minnesota 8-0-2 in their last 10. Like, this is going to be an exciting series, and... I don't know. I, I kind of want Minnesota to have home ice only because like I just appreciate the people of Minnesota. But St. Louis is a passionate fan base, man. Oh, my goodness. And Minnesota does have a game in hand tonight. Do they play tonight? Does Minnesota play tonight? Yes, they do against Arizona. So that might be... Yeah, and St. Louis plays Colorado. So if St. Louis drops two points here, Minnesota takes the two, we might be at the XL Energy Center for games one and two here in that series. That is going to be awesome. And hey, shout out to the Edmonton Oilers. They should be getting 100 points this year. It's a big turnaround for them, firing their coach, getting it back. This series right here, and let's see. It's not... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they're going to play L.A. Yeah, Vegas is Vegas might be out if they lose tonight. So, they're going to end up playing probably L.A., which is going to be a fun series as well. I think Edmonton takes that. I really do. Now, you can argue that there's an easier path in the West. I think there is. Um, especially for... I hate to say it, but especially for Calgary. I think this is Calgary's year to make the Cup. To make the Cup final, make a name for themselves. Um, to avoid any kind of upset. But Colorado is just, they're a complete team. And I've said it, I've said it multiple times. They are just a complete, complete hockey team. They are on a four-game losing streak right now. So, I think it'll turn around come playoff time. I think they'll end up, they'll end up taking their first round matchup, whether that be against Nashville or Dallas. Um, it looks like it's going to be right now. It's right now. It's, it's Dallas right now. 
And then Nashville plays Cal Calgary. Calgary, Nashville, round one. <sighs> That's fun. That's fun. I love that. I, that that just got me very excited. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great series. Wow. So, all right. We have one more week left. So, the remainder of this week, a lot of teams have three games. Some teams have two games left. By the end of the week, we will have our playoff matchups. And on next week's episode, I will be previewing the 2022 Stanley Cup playoffs and giving my official prediction on the Stanley Cup, and who will hoist Lord Stanley over their head come June. It's going to be very exciting. All right, we have one more segment left for all you guys today. we got to get back into baseball. It's baseball time, America's pastime, so let's jump over onto the world of the MLB. And it's hit deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Home run by Piazza, and the Mets lead 3-2. to L-F-G-M. Let's go. So we're doing a quick little segment on baseball here, and I have to start. And I know, again, I'm going to get called a homer and all this. You got to start with the New York Mets right now. 13-5. and five. At one point, had the lowest DRA. Yesterday, going uh, we had the third lowest DRA in baseball at 2.67 after a bullpen game by Trevor Williams and Chris Bass has given up five runs to the, the Giants. We don't have to get into that. So I'm going to take a sip of water and forget about that. But no, look, 13-5 and five for the Metropolitans. I really, really, really love this team. I'm impressed. I love Buck Showalter. He's the absolute goat. Um, I love him. He's a great manager. He has... I've been enjoying his press conferences a lot. Um, his press op media opportunities that he's been given. He's just the man. You know, I... I want to get the voodoo bucket clip on here uh, as a soundbite for the Deacon Deacon. I just love when he's talking about the voodoo bucket down in Clover Park in St. Lucie. And to me, he's just, he's the man. Uh, He's awesome. He's been a great manager. I love that he trusts his pitchers. You know, he really trusted Max Scherzer to get out of that seventh yesterday, and he did. And by God, did he pitch an absolute gem last night in his hometown of St. Louis, Missouri. And... We battled a really tough Cardinals team that, you know, might take a win in this series. They might take one today or tomorrow, but look, we got Chris Bassett on the mound today. I really like in this Met team a lot. Pete Alonzo has been poking the ball. Same with Lindor. Lindor has been having a great year. Uh, he's got a couple ding-dongs right now. I love Lindor. Brandon Nimmo. Stalin Marte. My goodness, I love Stalin Marte right now. James McCann's coming around a little bit. I know he had a slow start, but he's coming around a little, finding his groove. Look, I'm not the biggest fan of Robbie Cano, but he's just a great presence on that team. The guys love him. Dom Smith, when he gets in, look at last night. Dom Smith deserves to be the DH over Robinson Cano. That's just my opinion. But um, there's just too much money sitting on the bench like that. But look, this Met team is great. 5-2 and two at home, 8-3 and three on the road. Two-game winning streak right now, so it's an exciting, it's an exciting time to be a Met fan. It really is. They are technically, yeah, the best team in baseball. They are the best team in baseball right now. Thirteen and five. They are the best. I love this team so much. They are great. Um, the 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 Dodgers and Giants are gonna have to me, like last year, they're gonna have a neck and neck race for this NOS title. I've been watching both teams, and yeah, we did take. Um, so 
three of the Giants' five losses right now are to the Mets. So, I mean, taking three of four from San Fran was freaking awesome. It really was. That was my favorite series so far. The doubleheader win. Um, the doubleheader win with David Peterson and Max Scherzer getting two wins back-to-back. Love it. Absolute masterclass by them. Um but look at the Colorado Rockies and the Padres here, ten and six, ten and seven. The real shock being Colorado at ten and six right now. I know it's early, but hey, you know Chris Bryant on this team. Who knows? Who knows what happens here? Uh, and the Central is pretty wide open right now. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds are three and thirteen. Look at the Pirates, five hundred, huh? Look at the Pirates. Pirates are doing well. I love Cabrian Hayes, one of my favorite players to watch right now um, in the league. And they locked him up, too. So that's their guy. They're relying high on Cabrian Hayes, and he will be the guy in Pittsburgh for for years to come. And then you go over to the AL. Right now, the West is a little... It's pretty much open. No, no one's really getting away with it, although the Mariners and the Angels are both sitting at 10 wins right now. 10-6 and six for the Mariners, 10-7 and seven for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I don't know how you can be from two towns. It's just silly to me. The AL Central, the big shock here, the White Sox at 6-9. and nine. A lot of people have the White Sox being a World Series contender this year. They've been looking flat, and I've been following White Sox Dave from Barstool on Twitter, and he's been ranting, and I know they're doing a little bit of a, an injury bug right now, but um, this AL Central, and to be honest, AL Central's been my least favorite division in baseball as a fan, like just just from watching games. Um, I've never been a fan of AL Central teams, but I mean the Twins, I guess, are, you know, they're 500. They're the best team in the division right now at 500. And then you go over to the Blue Jays and the AL East. I think the Blue Jays can win this division. I really do. Depending on what they do uh, during, you know, I know it's a while away, but what they do with the trade deadline could be a crucial factor as to how the division layout goes. For the Yankees, it's going to rely on their pitching. You know, the offense is there, you know, but when they're off, they're off. They're bad. They're bad. They're bad, and uh, I'm not going to forget about it, but I know uh, they had a series this past weekend against the uh, the Guardians. Uh, it's hard for me to say. I still call them the Indians, but uh, but um, Yankee fans, you should be ashamed of yourselves. I know it's not all of you, but Yankee fans are, you know, trash. I, I'm, I'm ashamed, and I would be too. I know, again, it's not everybody, but, you know, it's just sad. It really is that... You know, you have just absolute assholes sitting out in the bleachers just throwing stuff on the field at a guy that got hurt. At a guy that's actually been really good to start the year. And uh, all they have to do is just throw beers and water bottles at him. Because that's, that's what you're supposed to do, right? Absolute joke. It really is. I'm disgusted. I can't stand the Yankees. As a fan, I really cannot stand the Yankees and their organization. And a lot of it has to do with the fans. Yankee fans to me are... Ah, I, there's a lot I can say, and I, I'm refusing to say a lot, but um, you, you get it. I'm passionate about it, and I think it's just sad. I, again, I know it's on everybody. I know it's on every Yankee fan. I know a lot of Yankee fans. Believe me. my half, half More than half my family are Yankee fans. But uh, yeah, it's gross. It really is. Um, there's no, there's no, uh, no place in that for our, for our beautiful game of baseball, and you know that's that's not how we raise people to be, and so you should be ashamed of yourselves to the guys. You know who you are. You know who you are. All right. Well, 
that's going to do it for today's episode. We're almost at a minute, tw- uh, an hour 20, rather, which has been one of our longer episodes here on the Deacon Deacon, but it is great to be back. I'm excited to release this episode as soon as possible. Thank you guys so much, as always, for listening. Thank you all for your support. Thank you all for helping me on this journey. And yeah, there are going to be some bigger and better things to come. I love all of you guys. Thank you so much for your support and your generosity and just for being who you are and never change because, you know, you're all awesome. You all, you all are awesome. Thank you so much. All right. That'll do it for today's episode of the Deacon Deacon podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening. And for the Deacon Deacon podcast, I am Jeremy Striano saying good night and I'll see you guys next week. Take care, everybody. Thank you.